Cinebuds receives support from Associated Bank. Cinebuds, Cinebuds, two buddies talking about cinema. Hey, everybody from Radio Milwaukee. My name is Dory Zori. That's right. And from Milwaukee Film, I'm Christopher Pollard. Happy New Year, everyone. Yeah. Happy New Year, KP. This is Cinebuds, everybody. Oh, yeah, just in case you forgot. (laughs) This is Cinebuds, where we talk about films and what is better to talk about at the beginning of a new year than just looking back and reflecting on some of our faves of 2023. That's right. This is our top films of last year, which is always, I don't know about you, always hard for me to narrow down to like, a nominal amount. Yeah, and you always too. I'm very envious because Christopher keeps meticulous notes. He's got a letterbox that as soon as he's done watching a film, he puts in there. And I am, oh, what is the opposite of that? So these are my picks for this week. They could change yeah, depending on what true. week. But also, it, deep in my heart, these are the films that have stuck with me for one reason or another. So I am excited to talk to you about Yeah. Them. No, I think both of us want to do, we always have to like, okay, let's just be clear. I got to apologize for a few things. <laughs> I haven't seen everything. And I know that I'm going to love poor things when I finally see right. it. Right. <laughs> like, I know there's going to be things that when I finally see them, I'll be like, they definitely would have been on my list. But it's from what I have seen, yeah, these are my my tops. If you had to guess, how many films do you think you did see, new or otherwise, I guess? Oh, yeah. Well, funny enough, uh, I, my friend Sean challenged me because he he's trying to claim that Wonka is going to be my 18th favorite film. He just decided on that number. And then he, <laughs> I had to look up to see how many 2023 films I've seen. Mm-hmm. So I've seen about 36 to 40 okay. of last year's films. But then beyond that, I've seen more than that this year, but just from the current years. And I was just told that I will be watching Wonka by myself because (laughs) my mister is not interested in any way to watch it. I have to. I have to because I the curiosity will will kill me. So I think we should make people listen to the full podcast. Keep listening as we start our countdown. But what's a good tease? A good tease? That you could give them for the radio portion of this. Well, I will say that my favorite film is a tie. So my number one slot, this is, I'm really (laughs) wishy-washy. So trying to say this is my number one is hard. So I think I've decided on a tie for number one for me. All right. I love that. And number one for me um, is both modern and nostalgic. I know exactly what it is. I know exactly what it is. All right. Well, listen up. We're going to dig into our favorites of the year in the podcast. So stick around. Hey, Wisconsin foodies. This is Tariq Moody of Radio Milwaukee. Join Milwaukee Magazine's food writer, Ann Christensen, and myself every Friday morning at 8 a.m. for This Bites, Milwaukee's longest-running culinary podcast. We talk about everything from new restaurants, pop-ups, cookbooks, events, and even an occasional interview with a local chef. Head over to RadioMilwaukee.org slash This Bites or listen anywhere you get your podcasts. All right, Christopher. Here we go. The pressure is on. So I didn't really, I mean, I kind of put them in, really only the top slot is in any really order. Okay. 
But I the the other three are just sort of like loosey goosey. Right. What about you? Um, I kind of the same thing. I thought I would just start off by easing into maybe my favorite moment of seeing a film oh, this good. year. And um, while the movie itself wasn't new, the version we watched was brand new. The oh. 40th anniversary of Stop Making Sense. <gasps> oh. I know this film isn't new, but I never saw it in a theater before. You know what? That's totally legit. To, I, I will say even technically speaking, it was released in the theater this year, even though it's a re-release. I think it still counts. All right. Yeah. Yay. Thanks. That's why you're such a good pal. <laughs> even to me. though there are no rules. Even though so, there are no rules. Let's just say there is one and it fits. I think um, if you listen to the podcast, you know why this was a standout for me. Not only was it just so exciting to see it in the beautiful Oriental yeah. Theater in um, with a, a bunch of people that are also so into the film, but Jerry Harrison, Talking Heads member, was there and we got to hear from him and hear inside stories about what was going on around the time of the original filming, how he's feels about the new remastered version yeah. and also I learned, got to learn what his childhood smelled like. <laughs> and you spoke to him directly. Yeah, That's I was the, the one yeah. asking the questions. I know, that is really cool. I wish I could have been there for that. That's awesome. Yeah, so that, that is a, a good a, moment. Thank you, a standout moment. What about you? Are there any moments in film that might have eclipsed you know, it? Well, I will say this overall, uh, not to be mushy, but... Um, uh, the festival, the Milwaukee Film Festival this year was very special because it was the second year after lockdown that we're back. The first year, though, was much smaller because people were still pretty cautious. But this this past year, this most recent one, was the first time back that it felt like everyone sort of had a vibe of normalcy where yeah. it's like bigger lines everyone was so excited like you could really hear it in their voices and see it on their face and it was like we're doing it again like but not like last year but we're doing it for real yeah <laughs> and that was actually really special uh to be able to see kind of a return to that community focused fun going to see a bunch of movies and hustling from one place to another to catch all the movies in time. It was great. Well, I love that it brings you joy, but then the joy you see in in the in the film goers too. Oh yeah, like, I mean that's just where the really joy great. is from. Okay. Yeah, it's just like talking to people in lines. Your and... joy wasn't working 15 days in a row for <laughs> yeah. 12 hours. It's not yeah, it's it's not the ex mass exhaustion that we all feel. But oh, then also beautiful. it is really nice. And then we had a bunch of great guests that came for all the movies, so I got to meet some really cool people mm -hmm. that were did amazing stuff. So, yeah, yeah that was my, that was mine. Hard to top that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But what would you say? So what's your, what's first on your list? Um, like first as in. The, oh, no, not we, number one, but like. Uh, one of the movies that made it there for me um, was, well, it was a tie oh. between two franchise movies, um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume oh, 3 yeah. and Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. That's a, uh, those are good choices. I love them both for the reasons that I've been talking about a little bit and reflecting on more like these kind of fantasy adventures movies make me feel like a kid. Now, Indiana Jones started when I was just a kid, so that makes sense. Yeah. But there's something so wonderful about the storytelling and the humor and the music in Guardians of the Galaxy franchise yeah. that's also special. Really nervous going into this movie on what was going to happen. There's a lot of buzz, and I didn't hear about, oh, like, yeah. is someone important going to die or leave the storyline? Yeah. And 
I'm well. I won't talk about any of that in case you didn't see it yet. Uh, there was a lot of anxious anticipation going into yeah. the movie, but it was delightful. Yeah, there was a, gr- a lot of great animal stuff. Mm-hmm. That, that was the stuff that made me nervous. That was hard, and, but still, they handled it really well. Always funny. It was one of the first. Is it possibly the first Marvel film that focused on humor? Really, more than the action, as much as the action. Yeah. If I'm remembering correctly, I think that was the first like funny Marvel film. Yeah, or at least series. I know that Ragnarok was which pretty... was after. That was after. Oh, that was after. That was after the first. I mean, That's after true. the first Guardians. You know what? I think you're right. I think that yeah. really opened up the doors to like what is possible and yeah. what the audience is craving and looking for. It doesn't yeah. have to be all. Just action, serious superhero yeah, stuff. Yeah, really. Fo- they focused on the humor throughout, and it was really good. Yeah, and then as we know, my new favorite, Dave Bautista. I can't stop talking about. <laughs> Real standout. All right, what's on? What's uh, at the top of your list as you whittle down to your fave? Yeah, so I would say uh, one of the ones we did a show about, mm-hmm. uh, Anatomy of a Fall. Oh yeah, and it's such a surprise for me because I don't usually gravitate towards like courtroom dramas, mm-hmm. and. Uh, but I wanted to see it for the show and I heard it was really good. And Sandra Huller is like a great German actress who's like everyone talks about. So I was like, oh, it's great. Uh, but I saw it and it really affected me and it was impressive. The, the storytelling that they did, the flashbacks and then the amazing kid who played, oh who was gosh. such a good actor. And it was a, a heartbreaking story with a little bit of like, not re- I think I feel like a clear ending, but not like a spoon fed ending to you so I was really impressed with it and it was really hard looking at my list it was really hard not to acknowledge how good that was yeah now that you bring that up I'm instantly thinking about how that movie looked in the beautiful mountains yeah just even to the scenery of where they filmed that was pretty special um also a movie that we saw this year that is we talked about during our Christmas special, the, oh, the holdovers. Yeah. I think just all ultimately made it into my top five favorites, just because the surprising, beautiful story, but then also the way they told it. Like I can't yeah. stop thinking about how they really dug into that '70s aesthetic, especially from the beginning credits, yeah. where they opened up the movie with the old school font of what the studio logos look right. like at the time and everything from the the hair and the makeup to I found myself looking at what was hanging on the walls in people's houses and <laughs> oh, yeah. like remembering the furniture and the yeah. decor yeah yeah there was something very comforting about it and then make it a holiday movie it just it almost felt like an instant classic for me yeah I agree and that's on my list too Big so surprise oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> that is definitely on my list too that's like my I'm calling that my second place film mm. for the year. Uh, but yeah, Paul Giamatti never, never uh, lets me down. Mm-hmm. He's always impressive. This is one of his best roles, I think. Dave Enjoy, Dave Enjoy Randolph uh, is like, I know I've seen her before, but this is the first time I saw her. Yeah, <laughs> this is the first time I was remember. like, you are a force to be reckoned with. Like a subtle performance in parts. Um, just everything is on her face, both funny and then heartbreaking. She's astounding and getting uh, already an award season, finally, you know, definitely getting uh, her uh, recognized, which is exciting. So, yeah, me too. That's wonderful. So now I just scooped your number two. Bump it back up. Yeah, what let me else go back. Let list? me go. Let me back it up. So number four. Boop. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Everyone clear. 
Uh, so a film that was one of our member screenings at Milwaukee Film. So, you know, not to plug it, <laughs> only members got to see this movie and me. Uh, <laughs> I'm a member. Um, there's a film, and it was it's um, from Argentina. I noticed that I like a lot of films from Argentina. Spain and Argentina, I have a whole cluster of films that I'm just really into their film scene. What is the common thread, do you think, with that? They, I, I have found, especially in Spain, there's a lot of films that on paper would be a soap opera. Like these really dramatic things. But they're filmed incredibly well. Their actors are amazing. So it's like almost a... F- like not quite a fantastical story uh, usually, but just this like really heightened drama, but really well done. Like yeah. I've never seen that before. Like I'm, I remember with my grandma watching her stories, like, and I had to watch these soap operas, which I even as a kid, I was like, this is horrendous. This is terrible. But those scenarios done well are amazing. I love that. So this one though, this one's, I mean, it's this, it's a little bit, Away from that. This one's literally fantastical. It's called Chronicles of a Wandering Saint. And it's by uh, directed by Tomas Gomez Bustillo. And it is the story of this woman in a rural village who's very pious, but she also it's also that like you wanna one up your neighbor kind of environment. <laughs> so she finds an opportunity to stage a miracle and get a little bit of credit for discovering it. And um, on her way to get it all set up, uh, she she dies in an accident. And then her ghost comes back and is explained by one of her neighbors, who turns out is an angel, explains to her in a very like Amway kind of way. He's got a presentation with a little radio (laughs) that explains the different packages of how you can ascend to heaven. It's so fun. It's a really funny scene. But then you see her uh, waiting to ascend to heaven and checking in on her husband and neighbors and uh, how all the like kind of mythology of what can happen if you don't ascend or if you do. It's very subtle. It's very funny. And there's I have to point out one scene and I don't want to spoil it, but I'm going to. So if you if you really think you're going to check this out, this happens like 20, 30 minutes in. But I was worried when we showed it because. At when she dies in the crash, which is a part of the story, that's mm-hmm. no spoiler. The credits run <laughs> like thirty minutes in, like full credits, and I think it's like a Britney Spears song, perhaps. No, it's "Heaven" by Brian Adams' place. <laughs> and I was like, "Is this movie over?" And it turns out, then as soon as they cut away, you see her standing outside of the car and she's it's her ghost Whoa. so it's almost like the credits are running on her life yeah and then they start over which i thought was a very funny moment but it's also a little confusing so i sat at the back of the theater when the members were watching it to see if anyone was going to leave did anyone yeah apparently uh i missed the first screening so i think someone actually left thinking it was over <laughs> which i felt kind of bad Sorry, I went on a long time about this one, but this one is a really funny and and actually this is such a beautiful actual uh, ending and story uh, really with the her and her husband. I like I loved it. All right, I'm gonna put it on the list. Yeah, and I, hopefully I don't think it's available yet out in the world, but mm-hmm. keep an eye out for it because it, it is extraordinary. Wonderful. All right, sorry, that was very long winded. No, no, that here. wasn't at all. Um, 
I think an honorable mention was for me was they cloned Tyrone. Oh yeah. That was one of those movies where I find myself still thinking about the plot and thinking about like the pure evil of the movie, (laughs) but also how like our society isn't that far away sometimes for being that evil. Yeah. Right. With people and their lives. Um, and like it was such a cool uh, take on social commentary of yeah. what's happening. And then I also think fondly of it too because Element was our special guest on the cinema. I was just going to say that, like talking about nice moments of the year, having mm-hmm. Element on, who discovered stuff about that movie I never, I never would have thought of. And she was like, it's like she made the movie. <laughs> she was like, and this part, if you'll notice in the background. Yeah, that was a really fun episode. Yeah, she has this beautiful thing that she can hear. Um, and it happens a lot with music, but within movies too. Like she really has a sense. I mean, she's very intelligent and thoughtful and empathetic person. So I think the way she consumes things like yeah. that is a little bit different. But she also has this thing where when she hears music and noises, it puts a picture in her head, like her own movie almost. Oh, yeah. So I have a feeling that if we get a chance to talk to Element, I think when the music or sound effects or sounds that are happening kind of match with what visually is happening on the screen with yeah. what's happening in her head, I would imagine that's like the ultimate movie experience yeah. for her. And maybe she does like dive in and get things that maybe we don't because she's seeing the movie like she's directing it almost. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, that would explain it Mm because when she was talking about the movie, I was like, I need to write all this stuff down. Yeah. Very impressive. Teach me how to talk better on (laughs) the podcast. (laughs) Uh, Are we getting close to our our top ones? Yeah. All right. Should we dig into our favorite films of the year? Yeah. Who's going to go first? You go first. You go first? I'm okay. excited. Well, as I mentioned earlier, I cheated. Because for me, this is a tie. It's two very, very different movies. So the first one came out early in the in the year. It's called Inside with Willem Dafoe. And it was the film where he is a art thief. And he's it's a heist oh, film. Did you see that? Did we talk about this did. one? You did. Yeah, yeah did. it was basically him getting stuck in... In an apartment. In this luxury apartment. Oh my gosh, yeah. yes. And it's a, the whole movie is a descent into madness. I it's, felt it when I was sitting in the yeah, theater. It's a crazy ride. It all takes place in this luxury apartment. The beginning is a heist film, and then he gets stuck in the apartment. There's you know high-tech apartment. It goes funny, and he can't get out. And he's there for months or a year, like it's hard to tell, which is a fun part of the film, is mm-hmm. like there's definitely seasons have changed. Mm-hmm. And it's him living in this apartment by himself, and then things start to run out, mm-hmm. utilities start to fail, and then his he the solitude and the deprivation changes him in his mind and everything. And it, it gets more and more artfully done, like the deeper they go into the film. I was so impressed by it. And Willem Dafoe's fantastic. It's like one of his meatiest, I feel, ro- roles because he, get, he gets to start out as one thing and end up as another. Yeah, what a transformation, like physically. Also, it begs the question, how long could you be stuck in an apartment like that before your mental health starts to yeah. rapidly decline? yeah. I think we all give ourselves way more credit than. Uh, <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I'd be fine. I read some books. Yeah, do I'd like al- a year away from everybody. Do you also have to poop into a swimming pool? 
I then maybe rethink it. Listen, I'm going to tell you what my second favorite film is, or mm-hmm. my second first favorite. Okay. But I think it's the same as yours. <gasps> so I want you to tell me first what your favorite is and see, because I think they're the same. Or on the count of three, two, one, <laughs> say it. Okay, yeah, let's do okay. that. Three, three two, two, one, Barbie. Barbie. <laughs> yeah, high five, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, use this. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we high fived, and now she has to hand sanitize <laughs> you're because a I sniffly. have a cold. Um, oh. I knew it. I knew it was, and it's, it's, it's like undeniable by leaps and bounds. Yeah. It Barbie had everything, and I'm guessing there's not a lot of people listening right now that haven't taken the the time to see Barbie at least once. But you know, maybe this is a time you reflect with us. Barbie yeah. had everything that you didn't know you wanted and needed until <laughs> yeah. you watched it. Yeah. And I keep thinking back to the early days where you saw those like movie making stills where you can see the cameraman in the background and just like, what is happening in this movie? Why? <laughs> yeah. Why is this movie being made? Right. And I was so incredibly wrong. And I, I don't think I really thought enough about the the director and her contributions to film, but also I will not underestimate her yeah. ever again. I would like Greta to be in my life somehow, <laughs> yeah, if know. possible. When when did you first let Greta into your life? Yeah, I had the exact same journey. I rolled my eyes when I heard they were making it. Then I heard Greta Gerwig was attached, and I was like, okay, well, there's probably more. Then I heard Noah Baumbach was, was helping write it, too. I was like, okay, those two, those are two very smart people. And then I started hearing a bit. I'm like, okay, this isn't going to be the conventional thing. Then my expectations were everyone was loving it. I didn't even think I, I think I waited a week before I saw it. Mm. And then I was like, well, I'm sure I'll enjoy it. I didn't, but still, even with all those expectations, I was like, oh, this is much better than I expected. And I said this before, but it had just as a comedy, even not even thinking about the social commentary, which was very impressive. Just as a straight comedy, they had so many different kinds of comedy stylings in it. And to weave those all together so seamlessly, uh, yeah, it's a very impressive movie. Yeah. Set design, come on. You yeah. can't get much better than that. Yeah. I mean, some stuff was CGI, but they I think we learned they built a lot of yeah. their own sets. Can you imagine as a production designer getting the job to do this? They're like, this got to be a dream. Yeah, A dream. I mean, the actors were so great. I can't imagine them recasting that. And like, Bar- this is a movie that I could imagine... Like 20 years from now, someone's going to try to remake it? Yeah. Why? Why? Oh, yeah. I don't think I don't, don't think you would need to. No, and the, I feel like it's inevitable they're going to do a second one, just business-wise. Mm-hmm. And I'm torn about it. Yeah. Like, a part of me just wants to leave it alone. because I perfection. don't. Yeah, I don't want you to mess with it. But then also part of me really wants to revisit the, all the different gags and stuff. I will say that there's so it's one of those things that has so many moments in it. And I can't pick one, you know, because there's so many great, funny bits and mm-hmm. great speeches. So I I think this might have a chance because it's rare at like the Oscars for a comedy to win Best Picture. It doesn't happen very often. Always, it's one of my biggest problems with the whole thing. It's like always has to be the most intense, serious subject that wins. But I think this has a I think that's a shot. And I think that's one of the reasons why it has a shot because it actually does have an intense, serious subject matter. That's true. But it was delivered in such a way that it made it so enjoyable to watch. But on the flip side of things, as you remember, it also made a lot of 
people very, very angry. Yeah. That <laughs> yeah. I think maybe miss the point of the movie yeah. or are very gentle and not kind on themselves. Right. So I think, you know, this is a movie people have been talking about for a long time. And as of right now, I've only seen it once in the theater, but I am very much looking forward to adding it to my repertoire. And it could be like, you know, a year from now, the movie I've watched the most in the last. Yeah, very very well could be. And then there's a good list. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. There's also a ton of music that is nominated for Golden Globes and stuff. So I don't know if that ever helps movies. I think I think this is the one thing about the award shows that I like is that it will bring certain movies to people's attention that normally wouldn't have. And then within the industry, if you win, then like Greta Gerwig, I mean, listen, she was already going to get a lot of work because it did so well financially. But like Moonlight was a good example. Like the fact that that was one and had got so many awards. Now that filmmaker is going to get a lot more opportunities. That writer, whoever wrote, is going to get you know that it's going to bring some of those films to the forefront. If Martin Scorsese wins, it doesn't matter because he's not he's he has all the resources he needs. But occasionally you get a film that like oh we need to bring this to more people's attention. That's nice. Yay! Yeah. Well, is there a movie that you didn't get to see yet this year that you are very excited? I think you had alluded to a movie. Poor early. Things. Poor Things, the Yorgos Lanthimos movie with Emma Stone and local boy Mark Ruffalo and Willem Dafoe. <laughs> oh, there are man. two Wisconsinites in that film. I guarantee that's going to be in my favorites list. I just, I love all of his movies, and this one looks right up my alley. And somebody said. Oh, what did they say? It's Barbie for blank. It's Barbie for people who blank. Uh, I wish I remembered what it was, but yeah, there's some similarities. I wonder how many people are comparing their their movies to <laughs> yeah. Barbie, but for blank, just yeah. to try to get some more eyes on oh, it. Oh, Fast and the Furious, you haven't seen it? It's like Barbie, but with cars. Yeah, you know. Faster cars. Faster cars. <laughs> oh, so we will post a short list on our Instagram page of movies that we liked or... yes. Yeah, and we'll uh, want to know what you what do you want to win in this uh, this awards season? What are you mm. really looking forward to getting some attention? Awesome. Or what are your yeah? What's your favorite? Actually, skip that. Forget about awards. Forget about awards. You. Let's focus on you. What's your favorite film of the year? Yeah. Was it provocative? Was it comedic? Was it a live concert film? Because those were pretty awesome this year too. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be something that came out this year. Maybe you want to just something you saw this year for the first time, and you're just like, oh, I can't believe I never saw that before. Five all. That's yeah, American Tale. <laughs> Do we have time uh, right at the end of this of any more? What you watch it? What Heck you've been yeah. watching? Because I want to tell you about this show I've been watching. Oh, please do. Okay. It's called Buccaneers. Okay. It's set in 1870s. A bunch of rich American girls travel over to London for their, to find posh husbands during the uh, debutante season. Now on paper, uh, you probably are snoring already, but. This is done in a way that it's like 90, remember 90210? Oh, yeah. That little show. Teenagers living life, exploring, getting to be adults. That's what this is about, but from 1870s. And the cool thing is the American girls are, the language they use is very contemporary language along with, it's not all Shakespearean, old English, 1870s, proper English 
Um, so I find that enjoyable. It doesn't take itself too seriously. That's the backdrop it's set in. But it's kind of cool how they weave like current issues that are different between young American women growing up and trying to figure out what you want to do in life with what was happening in the 1870s. And honestly, people just want to fall in love and be happy. Right. But the friendships of these American girls, I think, are really kind of fun. And that's what made it um enjoyable to me to watch and I'm not a tween and I'm not in my 20s but I still really enjoy what's going on plus it just looks really cool the yeah, outfits are cool the any historical are kind of that's sort of, what cha- what like platform is it on Christopher you can watch this on Apple TV so when you get Apple that in TV a year again <laughs> although I don't know if this is something that would be of your interest it's very playful um, I'm not that familiar with the stars Christine Forseth, Alicia Bow, but um, the act- oh yeah, because you said it's American. In my mind, I'm picturing or I'm thinking about British actors, but it would be American yeah. actors because they're well, there are some British actors because yeah. they go over there, so it's a good combo of that. But the most noteworthy actress is um the. God, she deserves better than me just calling her the red-headed lady from Mad Men. Joan. <laughs> oh, Christina Hendricks. Christina Hendricks yeah. is a mother of one of the main characters, and so she's really the only recognizable person oh. in there for me, but I really en- I enjoy it. Now that you say her name, and she's recognizable in my mind, of course she is, um, I think I saw something about this now that I can, now that I picture somebody from it, there's a yes, lot, a lot of contemporary music in a show like this, kind of like Bridgerton. Oh, right, right, right. It's got Bridgerton vibes, but it's less. It's I like it a little bit more. It's a little less annoying to me, but it's fun because the music they use is all the stuff like this indie rock and pop that we play yeah. on the radio. So every episode, I'm like, oh, this is Mitski, this is Wednesday, oh, wow. this is Boy Genius. So speaking of which, should I watch Bridgerton? I've never seen it. I mean, you think I would like it? Is it kind of soap opera y? It is soap opera y, yeah. so you might have those like fun, don't bug me, Nicole, I'm watching my stories. I feel like she would like it maybe more than I would. She would. I mean, yeah. there's lots of good looking people in there, like making out and stuff, so. All right, I'll watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Sold. Did I. <laughs> I can... <laughs> that's a good, that's a good achievement. Remind me because my brain is dumb. Have I mentioned the Marvels? No, because we were supposed to watch that and I didn't get a chance to see it in the theater. But I would love to know more because it's still. Okay, then I'm going to make that my my what else have you been watching? Because I have something to say about this movie. It deserves some love. It does. The Marvels. uh, So it's a Marvel film about three, about Captain Marvel, Ms. Marvel, and then someone who doesn't have a superhero name, which I'm not happy about. Um, <laughs> Brie Larson, Teona Paris, and Iman Vellani, and uh, they all team up. It's a Marvel film. It's got action, ton of humor in it, and it got crapped on like crazy because it didn't make a billion dollars. And I'm very suspicious of this. So it came out, didn't do well financially, compared to like previous like Captain Marvel the first one the thi- and they keep talking about oh the disaster oh, what a disaster for Marvel this movie is and it's getting panned and all that and the funny thing is I learned that Killers of the Flower Moon Martin Scorsese's film made back less money than it made like it's margin 
is wider than the Marvel's film. Like the Marvel's almost made all this money back. The Killers of the Flowers Moon, less so. Less so. So it was less financially successful. No one's calling it a disaster. And also a lot of Marvel movies this year have not done as well as their predecessors. There's a little bit of burnout Mm -hmm. and... You know, whatever. But this one in particular is getting the moniker of a disaster. And I, it's because it, I think it's all because it's just all it's all women and people are crapping on it. And I watched it and it is good. It is a very enjoyable movie. Like thinking about all the Marvel movies, this is better than a ton of them that have gotten more praise. I'm so glad to hear you say this. Wipe that disaster word away yeah. from this movie. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And it's funny. It's very like you will love it. It's got real sisterhood vibes mm-hmm. working together. There's not even a lot of cattiness like you would think that like a producer's like, oh, have them fight. The only there's a moment in it where you can really see like producers going, oh, put a cat in it. Ladies love cats. Put a cat in it. <laughs> like you can just hear them talking. And yet the writers are smart and they made the cat work in a very funny, clever way. Like it's a good movie. It's is it the best Marvel movie? No, but it is. It's it's more in the middle than it is at the bottom. Mm-hmm. I can think of plenty of worse ones. Thanks for saying that. I can't wait to see it. Yeah, I was. It, it, it was weird to me after I saw it because I, I was at really low expectations. I'm like Venom. There's been two Venom films, and they're absolute garbage. The worst. Ben Affleck's Daredevil. Yeah, that's, that's another good example. So anyway, Cap. Woman, as much as I oh, wanted to. Yeah, yeah, I know you want Catwoman to be great. Listen, see the Marvels, <laughs> judge for yourself. It's just, I mean, don't, don't have super high expectations, but don't have these crazy low ones. It's a fun movie. If you like these movies, it's fun. It's actually really sweet mm-hmm. and it's funny. And the action is just as good as any of the other ones. Sorry, I got heated. No, I'm going to get you a glass of water. Thanks for sticking up for the ladies. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm a real champion. You are. This is my, no, I'm one of the good ones moment. (laughs) If you don't say it, I will. I'll vouch for you every single time. That's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping I need a voucher. Um, But yeah, I'd see it. All right, you guys. Well, I hope you all had a wonderful New Year's. Thanks for listening to the first episode of 2024 Cinebuds, a look back at 2023. (laughs) Yeah. Go out. And now this is the time where we catch up with all the movies we missed. No doubt. Thank you. We couldn't uh, produce this podcast without a team of pals. Shout out to Kim Shiner, producer. Yeah. And also to Nooski, our uh, musician who does our wonderful uh, theme song. Also, a thanks to Kenny Perez. We forgot to thank him last time. He's been stepping in so Kim can have some time off. So much oh, love to yeah. you, Kenny Perez. We love we love I that you're love helping us out. KP. He's a he's my second favorite KP. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys should go on adventures. <laughs> we should, the KPs. Yay. But that also isn't KP duty, isn't that cleaning bathrooms? You can flip that script. Let's own it. it. Let's take it back. Take back the KP. We also want to thank Associated Bank. Yep. Our our wonderful sponsor. And we couldn't do any of this and wouldn't want to without our members of both Milwaukee Film and Radio Milwaukee. It's your support that makes our world literally go round and keeps the lights on. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for all the films this year. Go out and enjoy some more this year.